welcome to Leader Flow, hydration for thirsty leaders, a preeminent source of curated world-class leadership resources that will enable you to grow your influence and multiply your impact. Alex Sapala and Steve Kane are experienced leaders in both the profit and non-profit sectors, giving them a unique vantage point which enables them to deliver multi-dimensional leadership principles and practices to help maximize your leadership flow. Let's join the conversation. Hi, Alex. G'day, Steve. How are you going? Yeah, good. I wanted to talk to you today about something that happened several years ago. It was early in December and I was walking through a major department store in a shopping centre in Brisbane with my wife. I was pretty tired and we're wandering around and she was dragging me through the shopping centre and we're in this main big department store and she turned to me and asked me a question. I began to try and answer it when she stopped and she, she just looked at me and she said, are you okay? And for the first time, I said, no, I'm, I'm not okay and I, I'm actually feeling really stressed. Now, I haven't really ever said that to my wife before. It's the first time I ever remember saying something like that to her. You know, we, we had this major event that thousands of people were coming to. It had been a particularly heavy time at work for some time. And additionally, I was having some ongoing issues at the time um, with some staff and the major event deadline was looming at the beginning of January. So she said, well, let's go home. And so I said, yeah, that'd be great. So we left the shopping center, came home and I canceled our Christmas holiday to Victoria to give me more time and space to complete what I needed to get done. And I was really angry that you know, here was the, the, the biggest thing I needed in my life was a holiday and I'm having to cancel this holiday because of the pressures at work and I was feeling, you know, pretty burned out. And so, yeah, I never got to go on the holiday and the truth was when I look back on it, I was definitely standing on the edge of burnout and looking it right in the face. I don't know, have you ever felt like you were close to burnout before or that you were burned out in something that you were doing? How's right now sound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know we've just had, um, we've had a pretty, uh, pretty full on half of the year, first half of the year. And, and recently my wife and I, we, we bought our own um, commercial property, which we were doing some remodeling work so that um, we could then move our business into. And, and so there's been the last month has been uh, remodel, fit out, uh, planning, coordinating, and then doing the final move and, and then settling everything in. And then you, you get to uh, what was last Thursday or Friday, actually. Mm. And it just got to a point where I said, I think it's beer o'clock. I think it's time to check out and go home and just chill out for the, for the rest of the weekend. And so, yeah, that, that oh, I was pretty close to burnout. And I think it's this, just this massive big adrenaline rush that you get. Because you, when you're in that stress mode, you, you've got a, a rush of adrenaline that gives you energy and keeps you going. And then all of a sudden you get to the end of the event or the end of the project or whatever it is that you're doing and the adrenaline wanes away, leaving you with this big deficit that you've got to pay back. And in, in your own energy and, and you, you get to that point where you just need to, you just need to take a break and, 
And I said to my wife on Monday, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to book a trip. And um, so we're, we're heading off for four or five days and taking the kids up to go do some wild watching up at Harvey Bay uh, later, uh, later in this week. So, yeah, burnout is a, is a very real thing and it happens often. And if we're not careful of it, uh, I've seen the signs. But I'd love to be able to manage it earlier. Um, have you noted that there are any warning signs that have been particularly evident in your life when you're coming into that burnout period? Yeah, well, I will get to that, but I just wanted to say with you, I'm with you. I've just made some major life change decision recently and, you know, I'm feeling a bit burned out too. There's a lot of things that have contributed to that, but I think it's something that happens to everybody and it's something that we don't talk about a lot. We just sort of try to tough our way through it and, yeah, mostly you do come through it. Sometimes people don't. But the funny thing was that, when I'm thinking back to the previous time that I felt majorly burned out, that I had, I was doing training with people about how to avoid burnout. Mm-hmm. And I was using the work of this youth pastor and author named Doug Fields, who wrote about the topic in his book, Your First Two Years in Youth Ministry. And he touched on the following signs. And I was sharing these signs as a pastor with other youth leaders at the time. And one of the signs was loss of passion. Mm. You come to that point where you just don't have the passion anymore. It's gone. Uh, that's a sign. That's a warning sign to you that, hey, something's not right here. Yeah. Particularly if it's something that you're normally passionate about and suddenly there's no passion. Uh, physical fatigue, mm. just feeling worn out, that, that brings you down. You can slowly get to that point where you, you take little deficits off, little bits and pieces physically for a while and then you just get tired and more tired and more tired. The other um, thing was working harder rather than smarter. You know, use the, use the same tactic that got you to where you were in the first place. So you, you realize you're, you've got this avalanche of stuff. You, you're not quite getting on top of it like you hoped. Yep. So head down, tail up. You start shutting people out and you start getting relational conflict as well because yep. of that. You, you hunker down. You bunker down, get down the bunker mm. and you, you just go harder and harder. Yep. But because you're worn out it's just making things worse yeah the other sign is that life is too easy you've checked out um in some ways Mm. from what you're doing that can happen to some people where they've got to that stage of burnout they haven't realized it's burnout they've just checked out Mm. um the other life is too hard it's just all getting too much and you can't be bothered basically with anything can you when life's too hard yeah right yeah just get to that point you don't the care factor starts, yeah. yeah, exactly. Zero. <laughs> yeah, goes zero. from one to none. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're a, a believer out there, um, you know, spiritual skimming, mm. having a prayer vacuum, your spiritual life, personal spiritual life starts suffering and loss of all, just general loss of all for life. You know, it, it's all just becomes mundane and a bit too much. So, you know, that moment in the shopping center saw me very much sitting present with a majority of those signs that I've just described with, to you. And, yeah. and I recognize those signs. And likewise, of recent times, I've recognized those signs of burnout. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, here I am again, round two. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if we are 
if we if we're honest with ourselves and honest with the people that we're in relationship with, and quite frankly, in leadership, you're in relationship. Mm. Um, if you're leading a team, then the people that you're leading, you are in relationship with. And if you're not, then you're not leading. You're just simply the oracle that sits on the desk. So you know, if we're in relationship, we'll we'll see that these signs really are hard. And I look at I look at. I, I'm just thinking about the list that you're talking about and physical fatigue, even just in the latest things, you know, working harder rather than smarter, putting in long hours, um, trying to get, you know, don't worry about getting someone else in to help. Let me just do everything myself. And um, you, life's, life's getting hard and blah, blah, blah. And you're getting all this sort of stuff and you take your eye off the goal, what you're trying to do. And you get, you get so focused in the moment and in the dread of the moment and your relationship suffers. Your relationship with your wife, with your the people that you're leading suffers. And and pretty soon you sort of blur. Yeah, exactly. You're in that blur moment, right? And and you can get that mental funk. And yeah. once that settles in on you, uh, it, it can be quite difficult to to get rid of. And I know a lot of people experience this. It's not just you and me. Oh no, I know. Look, you know, but men generally don't like to talk about it. That's right. We, mean, we as men, we like to go into the cave, we like to resolve our issue, then come out victorious with a result. And because we are wired, predominantly we are wired for problem solving. We are wired. Not that women can't problem solve, they do very, very well, but they problem solve through conversation. Yeah. We don't. We go through isolation. Mm. And, 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 it's, and it, uh, it's amazing how releasing it can be when you can actually talk about those issues um, with another man, with another, with with a confidant, with a, with a coach, or with someone like that, a mentor that can help you, that understands and has been through that same process mm. themselves. And I can guarantee you, you're right on that front about men. Like for me, you know, I hardly ever mention anything to anyone. But yeah, and I guess first of all, even coming to the point yourself, where you and I won't tell anyone about it. your little thing. Don't no, worry. Well, sh- just between just you and me and the microphone. It. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there now. Where? <laughs> yeah, somewhere. So, so what did you do to recover? I mean, because that's a pretty big hit. How did you recover from that? Well, you, once I finished that event in January, which, mind you, was eighteen-hour workdays. Yeah, I took a much-needed holiday break and tried to organise my work so as not to be quite as busy. However, Alex, although you know I made some improvements, I don't think that I really addressed fully addressed the issue. And when you love what you are doing, they say that you never have to work a day in your life. Now, I agree with that to a certain extent, but here's, here's something that I've discovered as well. The problem I found was that you can move from loving what you're doing to being addicted to what you're doing. Yeah, well, that's a trap, isn't it? Because you've got, you got to ask the question, though, are you addicted to what you're doing or are you addicted to the feeling that you get when you're doing what you're doing? So that that stress point where the adrenaline is running, maybe that's the addiction is to the adrenaline as opposed to anything else. So I can tell you, you're in good company though, dude. Yeah. Because I'm in that space. Right. And I'm sure there's lots of other people that are in that space as well. That space that you're talking about, I call that the cut and thrust of, you know, being on the the metal and in the middle. You know what, you're in the meetings or negotiation or you're trying to sort out a problem and you're like... I call it the flow. That's a flow state. Yeah. It's just things just happen. And when you're in that zone... 
Yep. And you're going, it can be quite the feeling. Absolutely. Uh, some people would find that horrifying, but that, uh, I don't know, for me, sometimes I really enjoy that. It's like, it's, it's like a, it's almost like a sport. Well, it is. And, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, if we take a step to the side and think about the psychology and what drives people, mm. there are some people that are driven by that and other people dread that. And I think as a leader, we need to understand that not everyone is driven in the same way we are. Mm. Not everyone gets the same feed from the same food, as it were. Yeah, so so th- there are some of us that just absolutely love, but there's some of it that cringe. People cringe at, at having that. They just want that homeostasis that that particular there's no the flow needs to be steady there's no rocks in our river it's just a nice yeah, I, river right a, maybe even a lake now when you get to the burnout the lake, point you know what i'm saying when you get to the burnout point that's when you start desiring right. that even though before you weren't exactly um yeah i i, I get where you're coming from yep. with that yeah yep. absolutely look i had to put some safeguards in place mm, indeed what would they be? How do you protect yourself now with not going down that path or at least identifying? Because I'm in the middle of it again, I'm realising that it's come to the fore some really key points and I haven't got it together. I know that I need to work towards getting it together. So the first point is... You know, keep clear perspective of other areas of your life outside of work. Right. Because if you just focus in on work and that becomes, starts to become bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's the ball that ever expanding. Mm. And when that ball keeps expanding, it means that some of those other balls in your life, like your spiritual life, your health, fitness, family, friends some of those other areas then they start shrinking because you're allowing this ball to expand out and 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 crush those other areas out and some of those balls as we know are glass balls and some are rubber balls you break your family or you break some of these your friends you can't recover from that very well yeah it takes a while to recover from those sorts of things absolutely there's other balls that are rubber they can bounce around and you you can take a few hits you know what i mean but we usually treat work often as the glass ball when mm. it's not really a glass ball, it's a rubber ball. Yeah. So the first thing is try to keep a clear perspective of other areas of your life outside of work. And the other area would be to create white space in your calendar. Okay. White space. Yeah. Yeah, right. That means like free time? Yeah, exactly. So so colour that free time white. Yes. I like it. Okay. Yeah, so... It's you know, a lot of calendars, it's white, and then you, 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 you put fill something it in, with in something. there and it, it yep. comes up on a colored box, right? So, creating more white space. You know, our friend John Maxwell, he, he recommends keeping 20% of your calendar free. Mm-hmm. Free for personal reflection and perspective. You know, think about when you think about perspective or reflection, you know, what are you learning? You know, what are you loving? You know, free to respond to emergencies, free to catch your breath rather than, you know, simply being on the run from one thing to the next. So so are we keeping, is that free time then time for ourselves, or is that just just nothing time? Look, I or think, both? I think it's a bit of both. Right, okay. No, number one, particularly if it's in during work time or work hours, say if you have nine to five, then keep 20% free so that you can actually reflect on how you're working and how you're dealing. But even outside of that, 
other people work on a thing. So if you work morning and afternoon, then you should have your evening off. Mm. And other people work afternoons and evening but have the morning off. So right. if you divide the day into three parts, then you only work two parts. But you need to create some white space in your work time specifically as well. Otherwise, mm. you just run like crazy and you, you can't make you start just working harder than making better decisions to free you up to give you some, yeah, so you're not just racing. I mean, the reality is uh, from a leadership point of view, that white space could also translate into time when you're thinking. Yeah. It could be time that you set aside that you need to think about a particular issue or think of nothing. Mm. So you have that that time where you just take a breath out of everything, shut the door, turn your chair around, so anyone walking past doesn't interject and keep your door closed because generally when a door is closed, most people know not to enter because <laughs> yes. you need some space. And you take that 15, 20 minutes, whatever the case may be, and you just you just breathe. You just that time to be and maybe even just to um, just to mentally check out, as it were, and do some meditation uh, just mm. at that time where you're just even purposefully breathing and helping mm. yourself just to re-energize yourself. So, so what else would you do in your life in relation to that? By creating that white space in your work life, you know, creating margin in your life, um, which again is like free time, time to build into you, by creating that margin in your life, it helps you refuel for the journey mm -hmm. and the benefit of it you know, keeps you returning rather than retiring. Yep. We all know like in race cars, if you have them on the red line the whole time, the engine's going to blow, even in your family car, you know what I mean? So if we're operating on the red line and we're pushing ourselves, it's one thing to grow ourselves. We talk about that a lot. But if you overextend to the point where you're on the red line and what you can manage and you stay there, something has got to give. Interesting when you use the, the analogy of the race car and, and you talk about retire because when you think about retire in a racetrack, you put new wheels on to get back out there again. Yeah. But we, when we talk about retiring from the workplace, we're talking about taking a kip and we're going nowhere. Yeah. So it's a completely different thing. So I get what you're saying. If I understand what you're sharing with me right now is that we need to take some time out to shut our brain down to just chill out, to just take some time for ourselves because that helps us conserve our energy. It also helps us to sharpen the axe. Uh, I, I know we've had that conversation before where we spoke about a, mm. a, a, young, a young woodsman that went out there to go and fell some timbers in the, in, the, in the big timber industry and he's out there with his axe and he's chopping away. He starts his day chopping away and he's blitzing all the other very well experienced guys. And when all the experienced guys take a break, he's still chopping away and he's, he's doing all right. Come day two, he's out there again. And before you know it, by the end of day three, he's behind what the experienced guys were doing. And at the end of the week, the supervisor hands him his pay and says, thanks, but no thanks, we don't, we don't need you anymore. He goes, why not? He goes, I was keeping up. He said, yeah, but you didn't take time to sharpen the axe. You didn't take, you were working hard, you were working harder than everybody else, 
but you didn't take time to take care of your tools that are doing all the work. Mm. Instead, you were swinging harder. You said, had you done what they did, took time to sharpen the axe? And that's what you're telling us. That's it. And no offence. Sharpen the axe. No offence, mate, but the only tool you've got is you. Yeah, and my mind. Yeah. My mind's the greatest piece of kit that's ever lived, as is yours. So we've got we've got. We've got to look after. We've got to look after it and give it a break. What God has given us. Right. Yeah. That's a big thing. You know, I'm still working on this area in my life and trying to make it, uh, improvements. I think if we're all honest, we would all be in the same space. Yeah. We're and, all a work in progress when it comes to this. And I think too, people often have quite an unreal expectation of people. They almost treat others like robots, like as if they're always going to be on top of something, always going to have the energy and the emotional thing. But as a leader, I mean, you and I know... There are times where you're emotionally drained of people and you don't have the emotional energy left or you've been working and pushing and pushing and pushing on certain things and you're not seeing the results that you want mm. trying to rejig and all those efforts that go to pushing and then re-maneuvering and then pushing again. Yeah. That, that's a tiring experience. So I think there's probably more burnout there or people close to the edge of it than, than we often talk about. Well, you think about what's in the currently in the news last weekend we had um scott morrison take some time out and went to the, footy. the football yeah he sat there he drank a beer watched his game and i don't believe his team won uh, but then everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon and say you know what are you doing in the middle of this you're taking that well this is exactly what we're talking about here you need time because He's a person who's working seven days a week. He's doing 18 hour days. And the first opportunity he's had to actually sharpen the axe, he's taking it. He's going out the footy, enjoying the day. Yeah. Sure, he could have done things differently. It doesn't matter. But you can't begrudge a person to take some time out to just zone out and get in touch with reality rather than being in amongst the problems all the time. Love him or hate him, he's doing a great job at, for, in leading this country through this pandemic that we have. I believe, uh, from a leadership point of view, and I think that he deserves, as does everybody else, deserves to take some time out and chill out and grab some time with his family. Otherwise, he'll go home to no family pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, and no matter what a person's political persuasion is, uh, exactly you know, the, the point we're trying to make here, isn't it, that we we should be allowing of leaders and and to actually say, hey, well done for taking some time out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We should be encouraging, hey, make sure you do have a holiday with your family. Yep. I mean, all of us would want that for ourselves and yet people put these unrealistic demands on others, things that they wouldn't even want to have placed on themselves. Exactly. That's so right. if you're in a leadership role to actually encourage people to have a balanced life and to say, I don't believe that the company owns you, I do believe we need to come and put in a good day's work. We need, we need to do our best to push things forward. Certainly, sometimes we need to extend ourselves. But at the same time, we've got to look after ourselves and look after the people that we lead as well. Absolutely. You know, when it comes to leadership, we're talking about we need to be the change. We need to set the leadership example that others follow. We can't set expectations on others that we're not prepared to fulfill ourselves, nor nor should we be putting undue expectations on ourselves that we can't continue to do. Because one of the things you do, whatever you do today, you've got to be able to do every day. Mm. So you've got to be able to take a break. You've got to be able to take time out to sharpen your axe, 
to give your mind a rest, to give your heart a rest, to get you reconnected back in your family because you're not just a working machine. And you're also a, a leader of your family, a leader in your community and leading in many other spheres outside of your work. So you've got to have the capacity to work within those things too. And remember, do what you love, love what you do, and you will never work a day in your life. That doesn't mean that every day is beautiful, but every day is full of beauty. You just have to position yourself to see that. Yeah. I just want to say we need to help keep each other accountable in this space. Absolutely. And um, So I'm taking a holiday on Friday. Great. I'll see you Tuesday. All right. I need to, <laughs> I need to um, look for a holiday myself, I think. Indeed. And if we can set the example ourselves and encourage that in the teams and the people that we interact with who we're leading, then I think that'll be a blessing to everybody. Yep, absolutely. Hey, thanks, mate. Mate, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. We'll see you next time. Watch that burnout. Thanks for listening to the Leader Flow podcast. If you found our content valuable, you can subscribe and give us a five-star review so others can benefit from the content too. All our episodes and other valuable Leader Flow information can be found on our website, leaderflow.com.au.